This podcast should not be considered as medical or legal advice. If you are looking for such advice, then do contact a professional. But do find someone that has a brain and can think critically about what's going on in the world today. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the common collective, as well as why the common collective resists new information. Fabiola, how are you doing this evening? Hey, Leo, I'm doing great. So excited about this episode. I know this kind of all uh, came together rather quickly, huh? Yes. We've got a special guest uh, with us here tonight, and uh, it's going to be on the line here in a second. And that is uh, Robert Michael, which uh, he is the creator of REM Private Management, House of Marcus. Uh, We're going to have him give a little bit more up to date because I know everything is continually evolving. Uh, But he's worked with hundreds of people for over a decade now, and he was spurned into this work after the 2008 housing crisis had severely impacted his parents' life. And and this kind of ties in with uh, some of the stuff that we talked about in a couple of previous episodes uh, from this season around uh, kind of declaring your status and just kind of uh, changing... um, I don't know the what you want you to call see it. Yourself. The way you see yourself in relation remembering to remembering who you are. Yeah, remembering who you are. So, I don't know. I mean, is there anything else that you want to add before we bring him on? I just have to add, he's one of my favorite people. Yeah, well, <laughs> right now, and I will say, I haven't met him yet, but he, he's one of my favorite people. He's just such a uh, uh, a great communicator, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's probably with this particular subject what we need the most. Yeah. So, um, you know, without further ado. Let's bring him on. All right, we're here. Robert Michael, can you hear us? Yes. Excellent. So, you know, Robert, I was kind of brushing up on, uh, um, you know, some of the clips that we've consumed uh, w- with you over the last uh, several months and, and something that uh, really uh, uh, kind of hit home for me because, you know, we are a family of vaccine injury and that's how we kind of came into, you know, awakening in a lot of ways. Uh, what we went through with our son, you know, he then battled autism and things of that nature. And what we learned was that, you know, the the medical community you know, they don't know what's happening, you know, related to that. So, you know, you can get mad at them in a lot of ways, but, you know, they're in a lot of ways just protecting their um, their business, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, they kind of fight a little bit tooth and nail just to make sure that they don't have to change the paradigm, you know, that they're working within. And you had said something on another podcast uh, about uh, attorneys, you know, not really understanding the stuff related to the law either. And so it's not a matter of you, you know, meeting with an attorney and then bringing some of these things up and then trying to explain around it. It's it's really that they're not given that education. And, you know, with that said, you know, we, we introdu- introduced you there, and uh, uh, I know that, that you got into this because you had a, a, you know, a personal story with the way your parents were, were impacted. So, you know, I kind of wanted to lead off. I know that's a lot, but, you know, <laughs> may- maybe you could kind of give your own little intro and then uh, 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 maybe just touch on, on those aspects. 
Yeah. So my, my awakening in 2009 is the same that people are going through now. Only back then it was for me was through my parents, like you mentioned, with the financial system. So, you know, I started realizing that the financial and the legal system is has the same exact symptoms as the medical uh, world. Right. And and of course, now people are saying, oh, well, this of course, this isn't just a, a pharmaceutical medical thing. This is a government thing because they're protecting them. And, you know, and so on. But the banks and the legal system are the same exact way. Actually, it's all the bank, if you really think about it. So, yeah, there were no attorneys that I could go to because everyone I tried to talk to would immediately, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not an attorney. You don't have a law degree. You know, this stuff's garbage and it's sovereign citizen stuff and right, right, right. You know, and I, I was like, well, I, you know, I know what I read. I'm, I'm not an idiot. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't have to be, uh, you know, a genius to study law. I mean, I can read and I can comprehend. I think those are the two requirements I need to really learn anything, right? <laughs> so I, that's when I was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to, you know, put this stuff to the test. That, that, speaking of attorneys, that's Hi, my dude. Uh, brother, <laughs> dude right there. Hey, I just heard you this attorney. morning. Yeah. We, 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 caught, we, we caught the sermon this morning. So. We did. It was awesome. <laughs> I, was, I was a little fired up. I'm yeah. going to miss you now on Sunday mornings. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. Okay. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> we will. We just need to get a little more situated. But awesome. um, yeah, but again, Jude's the first attorney that I met that was willing to even listen to me. And and he was, you know, in practice 24 years. Wow. And, you know, very seasoned and very, very good at what he does at, at such high levels. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know. And, and ne never met anybody like that actually was on the other side and embraced me for what I might be able to bring to the table. That's why awesome. It's a yeah, cosmic absolutely. union. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's that's why we're here out in this cabinet or this lodge. Like, you know, we were just led to work together this closely. Now, we've been friends for years, but we finally got to the point where we're like, okay, that you know, we need to bullpen. We need to be in the same room. Mm -hmm. And we've been spending, I don't know how many weeks out here. We've been out here for, for weeks. I Yeah. My house is just sitting empty without me, and I'm out here an hour away, but, you know, renting this place. I'm going, I got a house there. I got to rent. I got a house here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy because I prefer the high mountains where we are. Nice. <laughs> nice. Anyway, we get like some the stuff mountains. done, guys. Thank you, Jude. Thank you, Jude. Love, love you, guys. Thank love you. Love you. <laughs> So, yeah. So, you know, I started realizing just what you said about, you know, the medical industry. And it was like, man, I, you know, who do I trust? Who do I turn to? I can't get any solid information out of these guys because they just want to poo poo everything and call me crazy tinfoil hatware, you know. Mm -hmm. But there were groups of people all throughout the country, kind of like your health freedoms for humanity. Like if you see them online, they're real big right now. Right. Yeah. I happen to know a lot of those people. But it, they were these were groups uh, in the freedom movement, if you will. Now there's a whole bunch out there people are, are discussing and talking about. So I got into these freedom movement groups early on to see, okay, where do I start? Where do I begin? And it's the same. I, I watch today, and I'm watching people go through these same exact steps, and their emotions are the same, right? There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of you know, we've been damaged and you've yeah. done this to us and we're going to take you down and screw you. Right. And I mm -hmm. went through a lot of those emotions, too, until I finally realized, oh, it's not about any of that. That's mm -hmm. what's perpetuating the entire thing. Yeah. They love the fight. They want the fight. Bring it. Because the more that energy, the more that energy gets put out there, the more that machine keeps going. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you're opposed to it. If yeah. you're fighting it. 
well, and, not creating a solution. And I think you mentioned that that the distraction is is uh, you know at, while that's going on, they're recreating the financial system. Completely. Yeah. Yes. And and so again, getting back to the beginning of uh, you know the the uh, intro to your question was yes, I got involved because of that, and my my parents were, started seeing that. Oh, you know what? You know you can use tax forms to discharge debt. You know, taxes are voluntary. You know, mm-hmm. um, you can use uh, certain financial instruments to discharge mortgages and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they went on this road of trying to figure this stuff out. Unfortunately, they didn't figure it out in time enough to save their own home. But later down the road, they did. You know, okay. like my my dad had a Harley. My mom wrote a uh, he paid like three payments on it. My mom wrote a financial instrument and sent it to them. They accepted it. Never heard another word. Wiped the debt <laughs> out. It was gone. And then she just went and got the title. So, you know, he made three payments on it. So the whole thing that's going on right now is they want to distract you because all they're doing is reorganizing the wealth. So, yes, they can install their new world order, Mm -hmm. but they're doing it through the financial system. And the more that they can keep people angry and upset and dividing and fighting, the better off they are to implement that plan. So they love what people are doing right now, even though people think we're knocking them down. We're, you know, we're getting at them. Trust me, they are one step ahead because they have been for centuries and Uh this is centuries old. So we have to be a lot smarter than that. We have to think much, much deeper. How do we get to the root? How do we unwind this thing? And what is the solution? So to me, the solution is to build our own. Right. But then people go, well, you know, we're going to build our own. We're going to go get this piece of land out here. Right. Great. Are you paying taxes on that land? Well, yeah, yeah. of course we have to. Well, then it's not yours. <laughs> we just got a mortgage. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. You can handle that. You know, the House of Marcus too will be will be working on that. We already yes. have done it in quite a few different ways. But the key is, you know, the land taxes, right? Oh, I'm paying taxes. So that means that the state has interest in my property. And if I don't, you know, uh, fulfill that contract, then they're going to come confiscate my property, right. which they will. They'll, for, they'll foreclose on it, even if you have $140 tax debt, you mm-hmm. know. So so the, the whole key here is come out of this system. And how do we do that? Because very few people that I know uh, that I've ever even come across have done that. Actually, no one. I've only been one or two people removed from people that have successfully come out of the system, if you will. Okay. I don't like to say come out of the system, but I know that. Come out of Babylon. <laughs> come out of Babylon. You know, the reason I don't like to say come out of the system is because it's not really us. It's in the system. We can't be in the system. It's impossible. We're human beings. We're, you know, mankind cannot be in the system. Only your property can be in the system. Mm-hmm. Because remember, they outlawed slavery on the entire earth, right? Yeah. So if they outlawed slavery uh, on the entire earth, then, you know, how are they enslaving us? Well, it's got to be voluntary and right. it's got to be through property, right? Yeah. So anyway, that's that's a little background of, you know, I got started because of that and I dove real deep and I quickly, within about four years, realized that, wow, there, there are powers in control of this thing that are so enormous and they're using the law against us but we don't know what the law is Mm -hmm. so i dove deep into studying like common law equity law commercial law statutory law statutes at large you know uh organic documents of this country organic documents of other country law of nations uh treatises you know you name (laughs) (laughs) yeah like that's i'm glad you did that and now we can just 
you know, go like off your brain. footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's, that's the point of the house of Marcus. Our membership is for me to dump all this out on there. So I can keep giving people like the, the straight and narrow, the way that I've uh, learned it. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I saw, and, and you guys may be able to relate to this too, especially even in the, um, the medical community. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of people like arguing like, Oh, that's not facts. That's not science. You didn't right. get that from here. You got that from so-and-so. And they said this and you did same thing with the law. Mm-hmm. So just because you go to an attorney, that doesn't mean he knows the law. He may know process and procedure, but he doesn't know anything. Most of the time he or she doesn't know anything about your substantive rights and where the law actually comes from. Mm-hmm. They don't know that. They don't even want to argue that. No, yeah. we're not arguing that. That has nothing to do with anything. Well, oh, yeah, we, we're going we're, through that. Ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we're going, you know, because we, we've just spent, you know, was, when I heard you say that, you know, like, everybody's fighting this, you know, we're, we're, we're basically uh, dealing with the distraction, right? And, and uh, we're, we were actually just in a battle kind of with our school, where we're using the law, right, to, to say, hey, you can't do this to our kids, you know, and then they right. were, and they were kind of like, no, we can. They had an attorney that came back and just, and just told us, no, trust us, we can. Right? He didn't, he didn't tell <laughs> yeah. us why. We can do whatever we want. And and right. uh, so trust, trust the science. Yeah. Right? Same, same thing. And, yeah. and trust me, I'm a lawyer. And, and so now, right. now we're like, uh, okay, we we don't want to play in that system. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, 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 I guess we don't need to. We don't need to be mad at them. Right? right, that's their system, but we can create something different, and that's going to really uh, benefit us a lot more in the long run. Right, and you know, a lot of people have heard me say, "Don't fight, don't fight, don't fight." But I don't mean don't stand up for yourself. Right, mm-hmm. I mean don't go trying to pick a fight. Right, if yeah. you're not in anything, don't call that to yourself. If it comes your way, know what you're doing so you can defend yourself. You're better off taking the time to calmly study and quietly study why there's all this noise. So that way, when it finally comes your way, you're ready. I've already I've already studied this stuff. I'm not on social media barking at like everybody else is just because I'm angry. I'm actually home reading books and studying and trying to figure out. So when it comes to my doorstep, now I'm ready to put my shield up and defend myself. Yeah. You know, where some of these people, they don't they don't even have a reason to go out there and start going after these people, but because they want the attention on social media and stuff, they go out there and they, I'm leading the charge. Yeah. Look what I'm doing. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but you have no idea what you're doing. Actually, you're going to get yourself in trouble and you're going to get other people hurt. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it by some very popular Instagram and, you know, right. uh, Facebook faces. Okay. And then when it comes down to it and they get people in trouble, they just try to ignore it and walk the other way. Like, Oh, well, you know, I don't know what you did, but yeah, sorry, you messed up. And that's where we get a little stumped too, because, um, we've been following people like Peggy Hall, which she's been actually all the education about the law ever got was at the beginning of the pandemic. She's talking about the constitution, the different laws in the different States. And so I kind of, grab on to that and then i'm listening to you like the oh the constitution that was not written <laughs> for us so can we talk a little bit about that because i'm still you know there's so many people so many different people in this um come out of the system or come out of babylon movement and some of them seem like yes we want to be one of the we the people that's we need to right. be one of the we the people and then comes robert michael and says hope wait a minute, like that, we didn't sign that document. So what is that about? 
Yeah. So the Constitution, as you know, a lot of studied people will tell you, has nothing to do with you and me. It, it has to do with a contract between the federal government and the states. All right. So it's a contract between states. We didn't sign it. We never signed it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not meant for us. And what happened at the constitutional conventions uh, when they were trying to get. Well, first off, the constitutional conventions were mainly held in secret. Right. So if this was such a glorious thing, why was it held in secret and why were they so intent on shutting down the anti-federalists who were speaking out, saying this is not a good thing, guys? It's not a good thing. But yet they glorified the federalists in all their papers. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not a good thing, guys. OK, so I looked into that. Why is it not a good thing? The Constitution is just a contract between the states and the, and the federal government. The uh, there were so many states that did not think that it was a good idea and they would not ratify the Constitution without amending it. It, to to put some protections in there for the people. They were like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, something is off. Something is not right. And we can't quite figure out what you guys are up to. So we better put some protections in here and then we'll sign it. Do we think it's a great idea? It's okay. We kind of see where we need to do this for commerce to get into the world game of commerce because the Articles of Confederation will let us do that. So now we can actually get into the world game of commerce, but we're a little, you know, uh, we're sketched out by your, your motives here. Mm -hmm. So let's put in this Bill of Rights, okay? There's 10 Bill of Rights, first 10 amendments. So that alone should tell you, well, wait a minute, you know, how is this document so great for me? And if you look at history the entire time, they've been trying to destroy, right, every one of those amendments. And they have to, so they've circumvented them in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Well, when 1860 came and they had the Civil War and the South left the Union, the South uh, adjourned, Congress signed die, which means, you know, there, there's no more day to reconvene. Well, if you have a Congress that never sets a day to reconvene, it's over. There's no more Congress. There's no more union. You broke it. It's done. Okay. So Lincoln said, no, you're not going to do that. And he sent some, you know, uh, troops down to the South and said, bring them back up here and make them come into this session. Right. At the barrel of a gun. That's a dictator. Oh that doesn't happen according to your own constitutional mandates on how you operate this organization. Mm -hmm. So that's a dictator. Right. And and this all Jesuit done. There's many Jesuits always lurking in the background that that are uh, in government and stuff that influence these types of things. Okay. So the Constitution was broken. First off, okay. the Constitution from the beginning is not that we the people. If you just read the document, we the people of the United States. And it goes through the preamble, right? And at the end of the preamble, it says, for the United States of America. That tells you there's two bodies. Why would they use the term United States and the United States of America separately, mm -hmm. number one? Number two, the term United States of America is only in that document, I believe, three times, and I think one is in the title, okay? But the rest of the 40 or 30 or 40 times is United States. Okay. And people go, oh, yeah, well, well yeah, just they, they didn't want to write it out. It's <laughs> not what you do in a legal document. Every word has a meaning, even mm -hmm. the and for and where commas are placed. Everything has a purpose. Mm -hmm. It's not like that. But the common man doesn't think anything like that. So that's why I say, you know, the, con the, the Constitution was written by we the people the aristocracy of England, right? Your, your George Washington, your Masons, who were uh, also um, agents of the crown. Ben mm -hmm. Franklin hardly even lived here. He was an agent of the crown. Okay. You know, these guys were putting this thing together. 
And yes, it was masterfully done, but it was also immediately usurped from the beginning. We the people means we the elite, not you, Uh, (laughs) not you guys down there. No, no, no. Right. Okay. So that's that's why I say, you know, I don't rely on it. Can it be used in certain circumstances? Yes, it can. You know, that document can be used. For instance, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 says that the uh, United States only has exclusive jurisdiction in the 10 mile square military bases, arsenals and any land sold to it by the state. So by the legislature, by the approval of the legislature of the state. So what that means is the United States can only write federal law for that 10 mile square. That's it. They can't write federal law for the rest of the country. They can't mandate. So then you go, well, how did that happen? Well, now we go down the rabbit hole. (laughs) This is is what they've done to expand their jurisdiction over the entire country is they constantly wrote and enacted laws and and then forced the uh, Supreme Court and stuff to make certain rulings to usurp that authority and expand it out over the entire country. You know, we're not supposed to be a democracy. And that's when I see a lot of these, uh, you know, guys out there pumping their fists for freedom. Democracy. I'm like, have you ever read the definition of democracy? It means a mob that rules. It means the majority, 51 percent rules and the 49 percent get screwed. Okay. (laughs) Okay. A republic, the, the definition of republic is to rule by law, meaning you have to follow a constitution. You have to follow what the society agreed to, to do to, to function. Okay. Democracy. So they say, well, we're a democratic republic. So what does that mean? That means that Washington, D.C. and that federal government is a democracy. The states are republics. And those of you that are old enough to remember the Pledge of Allegiance when they had it, mm-hmm. and to the republic for which it stands, never said anything about democracy. Mm-hmm. Okay. These are not parties. These are forms of government. Right? It's not the Republican Party and the Democrat. There are there are two heads on the same snake, and it's right. all a, you know a, a distraction. Mm-hmm. They're Republic, having barbecues. We, we have we have known that for some time. <laughs> right, yeah. People are people are at least understanding that much. Mm-hmm. But so, please, anybody watching this video, the United States is not a democracy. Yes. It's a republic. It's a republic. And if you are, so which one is the corporation? Party, well, that's another misunderstanding, unfortunately, that okay. a lot of patriots are pushing. Okay. The United States is a corporation. The United States is a corporation. No, it is not. I will challenge anybody on that because it cannot become a full-blown corporation. Even the Even the judges that have said, in Supreme Court rulings and stuff, that the United States is a foreign corporation in relation to a state. That doesn't mean they're a corporation, and many of them have spoken in error. Okay, the the only way the United States government can become a full-blown corporation is if there is an act of the legislature, and I will challenge any legal mind out there to go into the statutes at large where every act is documented and pull out the act where they change that government into a corporation. There's only one argument that comes up in that, and that is, oh, well, in 1871, they uh, became incorporated with the Organic Act of 1871. Again, no, they didn't read the act. All the act says, what they did was said, okay, we're going to now take over Washington, D.C., and we can, the Congress now can govern the Washington, D.C. We can, not only can we write laws that only apply there, but we can now actually govern the, the city of Washington, D.C. as well. 
So what that started to do was expand their jurisdiction. Okay. That's how they started to usurp the jurisdiction. They first took jurisdiction over the 10 mile square in terms of being able to govern it on a daily basis, right? Mm -hmm. Where before it had its own uh, governance system. So they took it over. And then from there, they started to expand that federal jurisdiction. And that came after the Civil War with the 14th Amendment and, and other acts. So the United States is not a corporation. It was never incorporated. Now, people argue with me. They call me all kinds of names. You're <laughs> stupid. You don't know what you're talking It's right here. And one of the famous statutes is, uh, what's it? 15 USC uh, 3002A or something. It says the United States is a federal corporation. And it's so funny because when I look at it, or no, I think it's 28 USC, which is Federal Rules of Civil Procedure. And I look at it and I go, well, did you read the, the title of it? Because first off, it says in debt collection, number one, right? So this is a debt collection title, folks. A debt collection title does not mean it's across the board for every law that's out there. It doesn't, that's not how titles and, and law works. Okay? okay. Whatever the definition is in that title is specifically for that purpose. It's not for all this other stuff. Okay. And then when you actually read it, it says that the federal government, when it brings a suit in federal court in one of its corporations, a federal corporation, let's say like, um, uh, I forget which railroad it is, but they, they have several federal corporations. If a federal corporation goes into court and, and files a lawsuit, they can file as the United States. That's what it's saying. It's not saying that the United States is a corporation. It's saying whatever corporation the United States creates can bring a lawsuit in the name of, of the, the United, United States. States. Ah. Okay. So in other words, they don't have to bring it in the name of the Beano Railroad or whatever, you know, railroad is, is uh, their federal corporation. They just say United States. That's all that statute is saying. And it particularly um, uh, pertains to federal debt collection. So there's not any real proof of the United States being a corporation. Now, some people will say, yeah, it's filed here in Florida. And I'm, I'm like, guys, you're spreading so much disinformation. You're getting people in trouble mm -hmm. because they're taking this stuff into court. And the court's like, no, it's not right. right? Because it's, it's clear on its face. If you understand corporate filings that you guys, the three of us can form a corporation right now called the United States, right? Mm -hmm. We can call it the United States Corporation of whatever. And uh -huh. we can have a certain purpose. It's just a name. And every time I look these filings up, I go, very simple filing corporate, corporate law. You cannot have the federal government, which is foreign to the states, mm -hmm. file in a state to create a corporation and have it be a domestic corporation, meaning it's domiciled in that state. It has to be a foreign filing. That's the first thing I look up, foreign filing okay. or a uh, domestic filing. Sorry, it's not a foreign filing. That's not the United States, not even close. Okay. And then when you read their articles of incorporation and you see what the purpose of the business is, you're like, that's not the United States at all. Yeah. Right? So there's all this there because people want to believe in the boogeyman. They want to have someone to go after. So there's if no you really and, and <laughs> there's no, there no United States corporation. However, there is a trust involved. Okay. Right. By nature of its construct, it is a trust. And there are corporations like the state of, right? All the state ofs are municipal corporation evidenced by the Dun and Bradstreet report. If you look at them, I mean they're functioning that way. Okay. So 
It's a trust. The, the Constitution is a bankruptcy trust that we never had any money. We didn't have any money from the um, Revolutionary War. We were broke. They could get a commerce gain because we were broke. We didn't have any money. We couldn't make our own money. We didn't we didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And now we owed money to France for coming to help us fight the Revolutionary War against England, which England happened to be controlling France at the time. So who did we really fight in the Revolutionary War? Nobody. It was all a setup. Oh, right. Gosh. And then what do they teach us in school? <laughs> a bunch of guys with, pitsket, uh, you know, uh, muskets and pitchforks and, and George Washington. They, they took on the largest army, the largest armada in the world. And they they won. They didn't win shit. You had <laughs> come in. I mean, just read history. It's right in front of your face. And don't listen to the people who are translating that history for you because it's very simple reading. You just read it. We hired France. France came over. They helped fight. Now we're in debt to them. And if you read the uh, it's right in the Paris Peace Treaty, it tells you that England basically controls France. And the Paris Peace Treaty was 1781, I think, right after the war, you know, so the whole thing is just this big smoke and mirrors. And what happened was they put us in bankruptcy, of course, we didn't have any money. So they created this bankruptcy charter, this trust, wherein the posterity is the beneficiaries. They're the successor beneficiaries. We, the people, are the trustors. They're the creators of the trust. OK, the, the Congress and Senate and all are the trustees. The government is the trustees. Trust is a very simple thing to create. You can create a trust in five minutes. If I came over there and I gave you guys some, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I gave you some books and some money, some gold and stuff. I said, you nice. guys hold this until, yeah, until my son gets, you know, the age of 18. My son doesn't have to know anything about it. Mm -hmm. It's we formed a trust. You guys are holding that for me in trust. And when he turns 18, you're going to do exactly what I told you with that property. You are not going to benefit from it. He is. Okay. You're just a trustee. You're just holding it for him. Okay. That's a trust. So you want to be Very a trustor, simple. not the trustee. Well, it depends. You might want to be a trustee if it's, you know, uh, it depends on the business you're doing, right? It depends on what you're actually, what the purpose is. So you may want to be a trustee for your beloveds, right? Your your friends, your family. Mm -hmm. um, they may want to be trustees for you. You might want to be a beneficiary and a trustor. If you're a trustor, you're also a beneficiary, right? Because you until you die, once you die, then you can have successor beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. Okay. But anyway, that getting into trust law, the Constitution was created so that the property here could be held in trust for the people, which everybody thinks is us, right? Mm -hmm. Not so much. That's why um, Patrick Henry was not at all thrilled about the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And one of his main sticking points was, how are you going to come in here and sign a contract saying you represent me? I didn't give you that authority. You don't represent me. Oh, well, we have representatives from every state. Well, you're not my representative. I didn't, I, I don't consent to that. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to create this document saying that these people are appointing you to do this when they did it? And I'm like, yeah, bingo, basic trust and, and power of attorney type law. Like I didn't, I, I didn't agree to that. Mm -hmm. So now we're born here. They go, oh, you're automatically, you know, in our society. Oh, yeah. oh wait a minute. <laughs> when, when did I get a choice? Oh, well, you didn't. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. I thought there wasn't any slavery. Well, there's not. You're not a slave. Mm -hmm. I feel like one. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So slavery is alive and well, has never gone away. And it's it's very, very much covert. And it under it's it's a hidden cage that you don't see. And it's been here for 5000 years. And they perpetuated it with documents like the Constitution, which is why I get all fired up about it. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, that's a good segue. Um, you know, in another uh, episode that we did, we talked about the birth certificate, and I know that that is a lot of where this starts from. And I'm wondering, because in in uh, another interview you did, you talked about status, property, and obligations. And and where we really uh, uh, linked up with this was that when we tie it into health freedom, you know, we were looking at what was happening around vaccine mandates and things of that nature, and we were like saying, well, do we really own? And I know that's a that's a bad term, but do we own our children, you know, or do we have true custodianship or whatever the word is of our children? And if the state wanted to come in and either take our children or vaccinate them against their will, you know, could they do that? And so that was what kind of brought us to this because it was like, I was like saying, well, yes, you know, if we go down this path, uh, then it's certainly going to be an inconvenience, but if we really deem our children's lives important and and that we don't want to see harm come to them in that particular fashion and many other, then it's worth that effort. And so I'm wondering if you could just expand on, you know, the birth certificate and, you know, that status property and obligation uh, principle. Sure, absolutely. Um, so yeah, every I want to preface this by saying everything is a presumption okay. at law. That's why I put up there on the courses like I there's a section where I focus on presumption. Because if you don't express it, which simply means to either speak it or write it, then it's assumed that you have a certain status or you or the kid, children have a certain status or your property has a certain status. So we always want to break presumptions and that's why you see affidavits work so well because they're breaking the presumption and they're saying that I have firsthand knowledge of these facts. And if I swear to this or affirm it, you're going to need someone to come against that, that has firsthand knowledge of the facts otherwise. And if they don't have firsthand knowledge of the facts otherwise, then what I have stands as truth. It's a basic principle of law. Right. So everything is presumption. So yes, your children are presumed from birth to be, it's not, it's not that the children are presumed to be uh, owned by the state. It's that the property with their name on it is assumed to be them, and that property is owned by the state. Okay. Okay. Or the state has interest in it because you left it abandoned and never picked it up, mm-hmm. so to speak. Okay. So this is like the, uh, the the straw man that they're creating. Well, yes, but really uh, even deeper than that, your biological property, right? When they take your blood and then they got your footprints, your first landmarks go on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. So it's not really about the birth certificate. It's about what that certificate represents, which is the property that was given over to the state at birth. Okay. And then they trick us to constantly say our first middle and last name, first middle and last name. People do not have first, middle, and last names. And actually, I've got an American jurisprudence right here that I, I brought to Jude's here, and I and I just happened to pick it up on the way out because it had some subjects that I wanted to read, and I didn't realize, oh, this also has names in it. Okay. Okay. And and it talks about names in law. Wow. And never in this entire book does it mention first, middle, last. It says people have given names and surnames. Things have 
first, middle, and last names. So, okay, inanimate objects, okay. things, non-sentient, non-sentient beings mm-hmm. have that. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is they're saying, look, we're going to create another person. Now, if you look at any statutes in any state, you'll see when they talk about a person, it's a trust, uh, a corporation, an LLC, a partnership. These are all persons. Mm-hmm. So a person does not have to have any life. It's a legal fiction mm-hmm. or can be a legal fiction. Now, they might say natural person included in that whole thing. But the point is, is you can form a person out of law that's not real. Okay. okay? But your belief of it makes it real. It's called mm-hmm. legal fiction. Mm-hmm. And, and they do it for to meet the ends of justice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Air quotes used liberally. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Absolutely. So let's get to civil law, like you were asking, right? Property status obligation. So when I was reading Black's Law Dictionary, as I, you know, frequently do, I always go back there and check uh, definitions. I came across the law of status because I was like, okay, you know, I really want to dive into status. And this was a few years back. And it said one of the three departments of civil law. Well, you know, a lot of people say, oh, we're under common law or equity law, admiralty law, all this stuff in the freedom community. And that's all well and good. And it's great study. But when you actually look at it, what do they say here on, on, on its face is it's civil law, right? Which is why they have the rules of civil procedure and criminal procedure. And in the, the federal rules of civil procedure, they say there's one form of action, the civil action. What does that mean? That means that they took the common law, which is at law, which they call at law, and equity, and they put them together. Okay. Prior to that, you used to be able to go and file a bill in equity or a suit at common law. Right. There are two different forms of filing and two different law structures on how the judge operates. Well, they blended those in 1938 here in this country. They did it in other countries too. I think Canada and all under the Judicature Act of 1880 something, I think it is. I forget the exact date. But anyhow, my point is when I saw that and I went, okay, they're operating or at least they're presenting themselves to operate under civil law. So anything not criminal is under civil law. Mm-hmm. Okay. And criminal okay. simply means you, you broke the law, you injured someone or you damaged property against the state laws right which is garbage too because really the only the only criminal act is when you have the intention to damage someone it's not oh i broke a state law that's not crime Mm -hmm. okay but let's for the sake of conversation just stick with that so you have civil law you have um criminal law civil law says there's three departments obligation status and property so of course my mind goes to well if i'm gonna you know solve an issue dealing with alleged property that I that my parents left with the state that is my biological property that I'll never see again mm-hmm. then I need to make sure I'm focused on these three departments then I look and I go well what's the property well again the property is my biological property that I left with them but there's an assumed agreement there they gave me a certificate of interest in the property mm-hmm. in other words they said hey this this dude on here this thing because it's it's a thing right because it has a first middle and last name it doesn't have a surname this person has interest in property that was left with us that's what that certificate is saying okay a certificate of interest like that 
when you go into commercial law, which falls under the civil blanket, okay, is uh, it's a negotiable instrument. It is a valuable instrument. So again, go back to civil law, property status obligation. I start thinking about, well, if this is a valuable instrument and I walked into a bank and didn't know anybody and somebody said, oh, hey, got an instrument here. I'm going to hand that to you and it's valuable. And I look at it and I go, well, it says John Smith on it. Let me take this instrument. Now I'm a holder, right? I'm okay. a holder of the instrument, but I'm not the owner. Okay. And actually, what if it does say my name on there? I didn't say anything. I didn't say I'm the owner. I just grabbed the instrument and I'm a holder. Mm -hmm. I never proved that I was the owner. Mm -hmm. Status. Who are you? Right? That's first. Property. What property are we talking about? Well, this instrument itself is property. So I need to take, I need to take care of that because the state, no matter what happens in any legal situation, the state is going to assume that I'm missing as the true owner mm -hmm. that I'm coming in and representing this property, right? You know, when you go in pro se, they say, oh, you're representing yourself. Mm -hmm. No, actually, I'm not. If I'm representing anything, it's this thing. It's not me, you know, and I'm present. So I'm not represent representing myself. Okay. So, <laughs> so I come present. in. Okay, got it. <laughs> right. So I'm now I'm saying, okay, I got to take care of the property and who I am in relation to it. Now. We go to obligation. What obligations do I have to the state? What obligations does the state have to me as the true owner of this? Because they don't have an obligation to me as a holder or just some unknown guy that has a piece of paper that's going in there and saying, oh, I am John Smith when, I, when they don't know I really am or not. So they're going to go, oh, well, our obligation is to make sure you don't mismanage this piece of property here because right now we don't know who you are. You're acting like someone that owns this property, but you don't own this property because mm -hmm. we don't have any records that show you own this property. And that's what they're doing with your children. That's what they're doing with you. It's the assumption. The presumption, you didn't say anything. You don't have any records. You got nothing showing who you are in relation to this thing. But this thing's name is on every piece of their paperwork. It's on their licenses. It's on their forms that you filled out. It's on like the, de the deeds of property. Same exact thing. It's no different. Mm -hmm. You're actually stealing this property, right? Or, or you're in the process of theft, you know, it's it, that's how crazy this is. This is and and really it gets crazy. even worse because the administrators, the clerks, the judges, the police officers, the doctors, the people at the bank, they don't know this shit. They got no clue. Right. About mm -hmm. Most of the most of the judges only know little pieces. They don't know all of this. Mm -hmm. So when I would go into a courtroom and stuff and I'd start hammering them, these guys are like, whoa, what? You know, <laughs> get them out of here. Get them out of here. <laughs> You know, arrest him, whatever we got to do, just get him out of here. Like, what did, you know, and then I started to realize, wait a minute, these are state secrets. And these guys have, no matter what limited information or well-rounded information they have about it, they have to protect it because mm -hmm. it's a state secret. Mm -hmm. Just like if you worked at a company and they had secrets, you couldn't give the corporate secrets out. That's what the secretary's for. Right. Secretaries, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, look it up. Just look Secretary. look up. We're, we're gonna add that to the list of words that you're yeah. right. It makes look no up. sense otherwise. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> look up the definition, legal definition of secretary. Oh right? my Keeper God. of the secrets. Oh 
my right. God. And that's why every company needs a president, a secretary, and a treasurer, right? You've mm-hmm. got the head honcho, the chief executive officer, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the secretary that keeps all the secrets, and then the treasurer that deals with the money. Mm-hmm. And there you have yourself a nice little military type organization. Everything is military. Nice. So it's all these pieces, but the, I'm glad you brought that up because the uh, property status and obligation is, is what I take care of when I record my, my documents, right? I take mm-hmm. a power of attorney. I have this legal fiction person assign me the authority to operate this thing. And then I lay out all my facts, my relation to this, this certificate that I have, which shows that I have interest. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Because if I don't do that, they're going to assume that they're the ones with the interest. They're the ones with the upper hand. Okay. And what they, all they want me to do is give them money. They want me to sign money into reality. So, and then they trick us all to believe that the money is the dollar bills in our back pocket, yeah. the credit in our account. Yeah. That's not the money they're after. Okay. Okay. Do so tell. what is the money? <laughs> after the money is your signature so, that's the so, money yeah so how is this is so confusing how is i heard you guys say when you sign your when you, you sign know, anything you add the, your loan it's paid for yeah what it's an that? endorsement <laughs> you're you're endorsing the instrument okay and and again this gets into uh, commercial paper. If you really want to start to understand this stuff, start looking at uh, definitions and of commercial paper and law of negotiable instruments, which is in uniform commercial code and other law structures, right? So what's happening is they're giving you something. There's, there's no money in this country. There hasn't been any money since they took all the gold, okay? okay. So the, the court said, well, you can't do that. If you're going to take the money, you have to give them a way out. There has to be a system of discharge or something because you, you know, you have to be able to give them a way to discharge debt dollar for dollar in like kind. Okay. Okay. That's very important. Uh, Public Law 7310, which which was House Joint Resolution 192, and then they put it in the public laws as, as 7310, says that you can do that. So we think money is dollar bills, but money is securities. And what's a security? It's a debt contract. That's all it is. It's a debt contract wherein someone, a debtor said, okay, I'm going for you to loan me something. I'm going to give you uh, some of my, I'm going to give you interest in my property. That way, if I don't pay this loan, you have the right to come foreclose on my property. Whether okay. it's a car or whatever, you can repossess it, foreclose on, you know, similar terms, right? Right. Okay. The bottom line is I can take the property because I'm the creditor. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that document becomes valuable. I can sell that document now. I can take that contract and I could say, hey, you know, uh, John Jones over here owes me $50,000. And because he owes me $50,000, eventually he's going to pay me. And this thing is worth $50,000. So now I'm going to negotiate this to you. And I'm going to pay you with this because when he pays me, he's going to pay you. Essentially. Okay. Oh, okay. See, and it goes right on down the line. So like kind, okay, commercial paper, it's called. Negotiable instruments, um, pull your dollars out, everybody. Pull your dollars out and look at them. They say note on it, right? Well, Mm -hmm. in commercial paper law, a note is just what I explained to you. It's a debt. It's a promise to pay. It's literally the same thing as your mortgage note. It's just not this thick, okay? It's one little 
piece of paper that says, I'm going to pay you $5 eventually. It's an IOU. It's called a note. So when you go down to the store and you buy milk and eggs and bread, you're giving them, you know, a $10 bill, who knows, probably up to like $30 for that now. Um, (laughs) What you're telling them is eventually I'm going to pay you here. And people go, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Well, yes, it does make sense because how did he get, how did the grocer get those items? He also gave someone debt to get those. So you came in with money of like or um, paper of like kind, debt of like kind, and you discharged it because there was no money that exchanged to begin with. It's only debt. There is no money. Right. So if there's no money, you're just exchanging things dollar for dollar. So that's where everything prepaid comes in, because if it wasn't prepaid, how did you how did we as a acquire that? Mm-hmm. And and how that was done was the bank came in and in, in 1912, 1913, and they instituted the Federal Reserve System, which they do in every country. We're not alone. Every country right. has a central banking system. Mm-hmm. And they say, hey, a government in most other countries, it's the king or the queen, because we're the only ones where they made the people, the kings and queens. Allegedly, mm-hmm. they reversed the, the system of government in this country of governance. Sorry. So what they did was they would go in and they'd say, look, we're going to provide your we're going to give you some script to use. Right. Which mm-hmm. It's actually war script is dollar bills. We're going to give you these nice green bills and you're going to pay us a percentage. But you have to pay us money for us to give you these bills because that's our property it's not your it's not the government property that's our property and we're going to loan it to you for six percent you can give it out to all your people and tell them to discharge things dollar for dollar and if they want to cash it in tell them bring it down the federal reserve we'll give them gold for it because it used to be redeemed for lawful money in gold or silver or something to that effect i'm paraphrasing at your local federal reserve branch well they took that off of there after 1933 you can't redeem it for gold and silver anymore because from 1913 to 1933 or 1930 when they bankrupt everything, we that was it. The government they had no more gold. Everything and silver. that was already bankrupt. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they they had to they bankrupt the government because there was no more gold and silver to pay the loan back. Mm-hmm. So okay. Franklin Delano Roosevelt and all his wisdom and Jesuit uh, influence said, "Okay, well," and the bank said, "Well, what are you going to give us now?" you don't have anything. And they go, well, okay, well, how about this, Franklin? Why don't you give us the people's souls and their land? Okay, we'll give you the land and their souls. Oh, guess what, America? We're going to come out of this uh, Great Depression by building national parks. (laughs) 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 Talking about. And that's the great thing out of the Great Depression. Well, look what they did. They confiscated all the land. They confiscated the land. They mortgaged it off. Okay. And then they said, well, you're going to give us the people's labor. Okay. And that's where registration of birth, we had registration of birth before that, Mm -hmm. but that's where they started turning it into give them a federal account, give them a social security account. That is a federal employment account, meaning you work for the federal government and we are giving you a retirement plan. Okay. The minute you accept that social security, you've just accepted federal employment. Oh, okay. So then you're Period. subject to the codes and because you've yes. accepted the statutes, codes, and what was that? But other? here's the thing. It's not you that has the account. It's the person that they created for you. Mm-hmm. So the person that has a name that sounds like yours and looks like yours, but might be spelled with different capitonyms. Okay. 
is assumed to be you because you've never corrected that record. Now you take the fall for this thing that is the federal agency. It is the federal corporation. It is the federal um, employee. Okay. It's this thing and it has your name. Mm -hmm. And because you have a social security account, well, we're sorry, but you're subject to all of our whims because you're a federal employee. So that's how the whole birth certificate and everything ties in. The social security account is a trust account. It's okay. a trust account. A trust account. Okay. They're putting money away for your retirement. That's a trust account. Dollar bills. Um, what's that? Dollar bills. The money, the dollar bills. That well, yeah, that's okay. what they call. They're putting value. So getting back to signing things into, you know, into um reality, you know, the the, the dollar bills, if you read uh, anything about the treasury and all, they tell you point blank that you know, the only reason dollar bills have any value is because people believe it does. That's it. They're, they have no intrinsic value. Mm-hmm. They just have value that people believe it has. Mm-hmm. So what the government needs you to do, the government cannot make any money. They don't have any way to, they're not human. They can't make money. They have humans filling positions for it, but it, it, it of an, in and of itself is not a human being. It's a, it's a, fic- it's a construct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it can't make money. So, okay, how are we going to pay this debt off? And actually, how are we going to continue to get loans from the bank? How, how are we going to continue to pump money in? Oh, that's right. We've got, you know, 3 billion creditors in this country. All we need them to do is sign on this little piece of paper here that creates a monetary value in like form. And then we can go over to the bank and Hey, bank, look, we've got something of value that you guys can now put into the markets and trade and sell to other people and make more money on. And that's how the whole stupid system works. So every time you sign a government uh, bill, whatever they give you, be it a tax form, licenses, registration. What do we do with the taxes? (laughs) Do we not sign it? (laughs) No, I mean, the taxes are voluntary, which we can get into after I finish this little segment right. this is this is why the courts are one of the main contributors to the public fund and and what they're doing when you go into a court they're opening an account they're acting as a banking intermediary they're depositing these instruments orders and um uh judgments okay they're they're debtors agreements you're signing them, sign, sign on your sentence here, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, sign on your bond. And they're putting that into a financial securitization scheme to securitize it. And now they can get money for it worth millions of dollars. And it's the same thing with the prison system. Once you're in there, if you've ever been in jail and you got to sign all this stuff, they're monetizing all of that. Mm-hmm. Private owners own the prison, own the uh, the building. They own the land. They mm-hmm. rent it to the government. In the agreements, they say these cells must be filled x amount of of days out of the year or the month. And if you don't do that, government, we will, as an owner in our contract, we get to charge you. And the government's like, well, we don't want to pay that bill. Keep these cells full. It doesn't matter what they've done. Just bring them in here. Okay. Okay. So you have one big commercial warehousing and human commodities, human resource uh, planet. And that's where the slavery is. Mm -hmm. It's in that construct. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So to me, when I started realizing this, I'm like, well, if we're going to solve that problem, we need to go back to the beginning and become the creditors that we are. We need to correct that status, change that stuff, and make sure we have everything perfectly written in the law to show them so that there's no way for them to get out of it. And it starts with the Bible, which is another rat. Right. Well, which, we, which we've been in. We've been in. <laughs> uh, we got two, two Bibles, two new Bibles to follow nice. along and, and learn. But so here we are tax season uh we're married so we we have our marriage license and we went through the whole thing we didn't know uh we have our kids they all have their birth certificates uh we gotta pay our taxes we gotta register our car the tags are expired i mean how is this as difficult as it sounds or are we making it hard <laughs> no no it is it is difficult how does the average uh, when... family uh unwind i mean i've seen your steps in the membership and I look through them and I kind of understand now I really have to understand if I'm not the person and I'm right. not we the people who am I who are we do you want right. to talk just a little bit about that you are the heir to all of it you are the owner okay you're the owner you own it all and there is no one higher than you now how do you translate that into legal terms? Mm -hmm. That's the trick, right? It's the, it's the language. So yeah, I mean, you can't just jump off a ledge and start doing all this stuff as a family without knowing, am I putting myself at risk? Like, how right. am I going to answer to this if somebody comes knocking on the door? And this is why I constantly try to, um, you know, uh, deter people from just following some, you know, uh, Guru, enthusiastic, you know, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? These, Guru. Inter these internet, yeah, these internet gurus that have this great personality, and you just, oh, what they're saying sounds so true. Yeah. Oh, well, look, just fill this paper out. Just pay me 500 bucks and fill this paper out, and trust me, you're going to be the man. <laughs> okay. Stay away. Like, stay, stay away. away. Because if you can't answer to it, you're you're screwed like people setting up pmas like wildfire PMA, PMA, PMA. Right. i mean we've already gotten several people coming to us that are now facing charges for their untouchable pma oh gosh yeah because they don't know what they don't know what a pma is they have no clue what it is and neither do the attorneys so they're not getting any help there yeah you know associations are taxable they mm -hmm. are they're in the tax code okay private associations might not be but Where's, you know, how do you speak to it? So, yeah. yes, to get into taxes and the licensing and all that, you absolutely can defend yourself and protect yourself with that. Signing these contracts is one of the most important things because you're endorsing. It's called an endorsement. Remember what I was talking about, negotiable instruments. Yeah. One of the main uh, sections of law on negotiable instruments is endorsement. How are you? I-N-D, not E-N-D, I-N-D. Are you E-N-D-ing it, endorsement, or are you I-N-D endorsing it? Okay? okay. Big difference there. Yeah, I didn't even know there was an I-N-D. Right. And when you actually type it in Microsoft, you know, in your Word document. It corrects it. Says, it. This, is not a, this is not a word. <laughs> yeah. It does? Oh, yeah. Just go into negotiable instruments law. Go into UCC law. I mean, you know, 
one of the best things you can do is go to your local county law library. Just about every county has a law library and start mm -hmm. reading the, the legal diction or the legal uh, encyclopedias. They will tell you everything. It's all in there. Okay. It's coded, but at least it tells you, you know, how the law looks at this stuff. So your signature is everything. So when I sign stuff, I sign as the agent for this person that the state has created. Mm -hmm. Now, when you read negotiable instruments law, which again, I've got right here, it says, if you are a representative of another person, you sign by, before your signature, you write the word by, B-Y, okay. colon, mm -hmm. signature, trustee, executor, beneficiary, whoever you are, actually it wouldn't be a beneficiary because you don't have a right to sign anything as a beneficiary, mm -hmm. but you put your agent name, your agency title designation. Okay. So everything, every government document, there's a few, I, I have a few rules of thumb for signatures by colon signature, comma, whatever your title. I take the title of executor. Mm-hmm. We can get into that later. But you do you have to declare that first? Or can you just start doing that? Or do you just do it? You can, listen, declaring again, is it means express. Express means oral or, or written. So you can start doing it now, but you're going to want to have something on the record that backs that up, okay. right? That, but that doesn't mean you can't start doing it now. You just have to understand, well, I'm the executor of what? Mm -hmm. Well, of this estate, Mm -hmm. of this thing that's not alive. It's not a person. Actually, mm -hmm. if we really want to get esoteric about it, we could say it's the afterbirth and they name the afterbirth because it died and that's the estate. And now you're taking that over. Okay. If you want to get esoteric. Right. Which, we'll just which I, I usually would, like a little wine before that then. Mean, <laughs> Would that mean you could take over any of the dead entities, like my neighbors, for example? How's that? Um, Not that I want to do that, but I'm just wondering if you can just do it with yours. Yeah, so technically, if, if you're savvy enough, I would venture to say, and you're gutsy enough, I would venture to say, yes, you could take a certain amount of that estate or a certain interest in that estate over, which is why you could do it with your children, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think, and I think, that, and I think the children, that's our, that's like our that's, main focus, yeah, you know. But that's what it, it feels a little bit like, ooh, like, could somebody do it to me, <laughs> you know? I, I mean, guess to my, to my afterlife. But if they, if they were called out as being a, a, what's called an executor decent tort, which means you're an unlawful executor, then you're, you're done. Now you're really screwed. So it's, it wouldn't be wouldn't be something I would ever encourage right. anybody to do. You right. so Is it possible? Any, anything's possible. You need to declare yourself to be able to back it up as this executor of the, the dead entities, the estate. Is, it, is the dead Which, entity the estate or the estate like everything that's connected to the dead entity, I guess? You got it. Yes. So the short definition of estate is all property belonging to a person, which can be real or fake or fiction, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the sum of all property. That's definitely that's the the short definition of of a state. So yes, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what happened. So now, so go ahead, go ahead. So what I always suggest, of course, is doing the paperwork that I've done, right? Which is mm -hmm. my power of attorney declaration of status, and then I 
start changing even right now i mean start signing things by like i just use an initial a signature is not a name don't let anybody tell you a signature is a name it is not a name okay it is a mark on the paper that says yes i put my mark on this paper and that is me or this is my signature mm -hmm. it's not a it's not a name okay they'll try to get you to believe that all day long Mm -hmm. signature is a mark. Just look up the law of signature and study that. It's very simple. It's clear cut. Love so I change mine. I, I just use an initial comma executor by before it colon. Now, if I'm being forced to sign something like a driver's license, because, you know, well, shit, you know, you have to sign this thing. Now they, they fight you now because people have been doing this stuff for the past few years and they won't let you sign anything else on it, but that's under duress, oh. a traffic ticket or, you know, a tax form that they, oh, you have to sign it. Right. The initials V, Victor, Chris. Okay. Vicoctus, it means in Latin. Victor, Chris, VC, V dot C dot before the signature. That means under duress oh. in Latin. Latin. Remember, they use Latin terms in law all the time. Right. They know mm -hmm. what that means. Mm -hmm. Now you've signed it under duress. So it nullifies the agreement. The other thing I always put on these instruments or my, above my signatures without recourse or without prejudice or all reserved. So I, my signature has got all kinds of shit going on. You, know? <laughs> like, you need like a stamp or something, you know? Yeah. So when I bring that forward, I, my first question is, where's the contract? What contract? Okay. And then, no, no, no. Do I, I ask my tax guy, where is the contract? <laughs> well, the taxes is a whole different ballgame. Taxes okay. are voluntary under the, um, well, I mean, Code of Federal Regulations tells you that. Uh, it tells you taxes are voluntary. So and, let's and, say I don't do my taxes. I decide I'm working with my tax guy. And he tells me the bill is huge because we just sold the house last year. We're like, oh, gosh, do we really want to pay this? And then they are withholding from our our paychecks and all this and we said okay we're just not gonna file then what well now you've kind of screwed yourself because oh, you, you had a you had a registered home that you uh sold for capital gains so that's taxable mm -hmm. right okay because you got gains you probably have a prior form with your employer that you didn't change or mm -hmm. give them notice of anything so you agreed to pay the taxes that year and he withheld he or she withheld the taxes yeah okay so now you're liable okay okay where taxes become mandatory is when you agree to pay them mm -hmm. okay right so when you fill out a cuz other than that under subtitle A which is the tax code Okay. In the subtitle A is the liability. It's where you're going to find liability. Nowhere in there does it say who is liable to pay the income tax. Okay. It doesn't say that any citizen is liable to pay the income tax. It says that income is taxable, but you have to have a liability enforcement clause. You have to have who is liable. Mm -hmm. The only one liable to pay the income tax in subtitle A is a withholding agent. Okay. So guess who gets to pay your income taxes? Your, your, your corporate, yeah, your company. They're the ones legally supposed to be paying your income tax. So what I've done and what other people have done based on what I've done um, okay. is issue the employer a affidavit in lieu of a W-4, W-9. And uh, what that says is here's all the reasons why you need to change my tax status. I'll pay my taxes up from last year, but from this point forward, I don't plan on incurring any tax liability. And this, the tax code says that as long as you 
give a certificate that you are not going to incur tax liability this year or the prior year. Mm-hmm. You don't owe any tax. There's no tax liability there. Okay. It's it's clear in the IRS code. Okay. Okay. A, cert, a certificate simply means an affidavit. You're certifying under oath or under notary jurat mm-hmm. that that this is true and correct. That's okay. a certificate. Okay. Okay. Certificate means to certify something. That's what a certificate. When you have a certificate of title, they're certifying that there's a real title somewhere, but this ain't it. You don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have it. Yeah. Right. And you'll have never a lot get of those. It. Yeah. Yeah, you'll never get a certificate of a real title for your car because they already stole it when you bought the car. Damn. They took the title before you ever even saw it. You can't and request you don't know that the state. <laughs> you can request it, but you'll never get it. The state says, oh, I mean, just look at your local laws. Read your local laws about uh, car sales. Mm-hmm. The dealer has to give the state the manufacturer statement of origin. That's the title. Mm-hmm. So if you get a loan, that dealer is required by law to make sure that the state has the title to your car for now and forever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how many times you sell it. The state owns the title. Mm-hmm. But, so you get a certificate of title, but that's it. But when we talk about like land, we've heard there are ways to to go back and get your land patent after the, there, the fact. There are, there's a lot of great speakers about land patents and very few that can prove it. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Okay, okay. They exist, and people have done it. Yeah. Especially nowadays, though, they're, they're you know, cutting people off more and more and more because they don't want you to have it. Yeah. So it's not that easy, but it, it can be done. You're just going to have to be really, really savvy and put up a damn good fight to, to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And mind you, once you do that, you don't get any more fire department coming to put your fire out. You don't get 911 stopping at the house for your, you know, somebody breaking in or somebody's, you know, being injured or harmed. You don't get it. You don't get any of that anymore. You're off the rolls. So Mm -hmm. you're on your own, Mm -hmm. which is great. Right. So we got to think, how are you in the world, but not of the world either you. So I'm thinking either you go live in the mountains and eat twigs and berries and, you know, nah. or I, I, you've how heard me say work? that before. <laughs> I have. Yeah. So, right. So that's where we're looking at bigger solutions at the house of Marcus and building out bigger things. And, you know, I don't want to get into too much detail about right. that because that'll sell the farm to the opposing party. And I really don't want to do that, but <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, you know, you, you have to, uh, set up your own, you have to do your own and we can do it without, uh, living on the side of a mountain and eating twigs and berries. We can do that, Mm -hmm. but it's one step at a time. And that's why Jude and I have to pull back from doing the sermons because we really need to focus on mapping this out in a way that our documents are super solid. One of the things I see in these freedom communities with quote unquote documents and processes is just horrible legal writing, horrible, horrible writing, mm-hmm. you know? And when it, when an opposing party in the legal system gets that, they look and laugh at you, right? Because this doesn't even add up to anything. Right. So we're just gonna throw this aside. But when you can articulate properly in the form that they're used to reading in, Mm-hmm. Now you've now you caught their attention. Uh oh, somebody knows something because just by the way that they're writing, they know something. So definitions is really important. Definition. Uh, learning how to write in the IRAC method, issue rule, application, conclusion. That's legal law school 101, which is why we put it on our website and taught people what it is. Okay. And 
um, you know, just learning how to write out your affidavits to, to as as evidence, you know, or exhibits to your your rebuttals to these people, these mm-hmm. agencies. Um, those types of things are really important. You know, so many people want a, a quick pill, a quick fix, right? And they want to just fill out a paper and have somebody writing for them rather than actually applying what we were taught in the public fool system. Thankfully, they at least taught us how to read and write. Yeah. Well, you know, in a lot of ways, the parallel I I made at the beginning of the, the, the show around what we went through with medical freedom and, you know, learning about our son and how he was injured and then how to, you know, he, we recovered him. And that was a there was a lot of work, right? We tried a lot of stuff, a lot of dollar bills, a lot of dollars we spent, <laughs> yes. and and uh, you know we became super educated and experts. And I would say, you know, at least Fabiola here, you know, she she can speak on a lot of these things related to autism and and, and vaccine injury, like you speak to this stuff. And, right. and and so I go if if it's if it's worthwhile, then you're going to dive in. You're going to become an expert. And, and, you know, we have that experience and it's, it can, it can, uh, mm-hmm. travel over to this subject as well. It totally can. It, it, you said it perfectly. What is it worth to you? Mm-hmm. If your freedom is not worth anything more than you just filling out a piece of paper, you probably don't deserve to be free. If your freedom is worth, uh, as much to you as not reading a document and just signing it or understanding what's in it, you're probably not ready to be free. Mm-hmm. That's the that really is the bottom line. Your freedom is only going to be you're only going to be as free as you are responsible. Period. Mm-hmm. That is the golden rule. You're only going to be as free as you are responsible. Responsible for your actions. Responsible for your life. Responsible for everything that you do. Now, there's guys out there like me who are trying to help people, you know, shortcut certain things so you don't have to go all the way down these rabbit holes, but you are still required to do the work. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is why I constantly say this is not a process. There are processes, but I don't like promoting process, process. No, because that's the problem we have with attorneys is they're saturated with process and procedure and they have no idea about substance of law. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're right. That's a great point. Like you definitely have to put the work in. And that's what we're trying to get people to understand. Put the work in because you're going to be so powerful when you put the work in. Mm-hmm. Because nobody's going to knock you off that hill at that point. Yeah, and I wouldn't want. I, would, I, I wouldn't want to come up against you in a dark alley <laughs> talking about law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets pretty interesting for sure. All right, <laughs> but so- you know, you guys know from from doing that research that I'm sure Fabiola, you had to learn a ton of lingo. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, medical and lingo. Yeah, mm-hmm. and right. it took a lot of. Um- I had to have a lot of conviction, a lot of confidence because yes. uh, what I, what we end up ended up doing is basically not doing what the system was telling us to do, the doctor was telling us to do, the school was telling us to do. We had to basically just remove ourselves from everything and just start over and just hope right. for the and, best. And be able to hold your ground when you're trying to make this point against their indoctrinated belief. You're coming with real evidence and you know stuff like that yeah you got to be able to hold your ground and that's 
basically what I was talking about is knowing, knowing what you're doing. You can start severing those contracts. You can start signing them certain ways. Absolutely. You know, remember information is voluntary. You don't owe these people any information. They keep getting us to volunteer our information on all these documents, filling out their licenses and doing all this stuff because we think it's mandatory, but it's not, it's voluntary. There's nowhere that says I have to give you information. That's, mm -hmm. I don't have to give you information, not unless you got a warrant, you know, or I committed a crime somewhere and I'm under arrest and I don't have to give you information then without counsel if I'm under arrest. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a mindset. It's it a mindset. But the other thing I want to say is that don't, you know, try not to get overwhelmed. Try not to get, Oh my God, this is going to take forever. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to start. Mm -hmm. And that's yes. what people are like, Oh, how am I going to learn all this? Yeah. You know? And I remember years ago when I was learning all this, I was like, there's going to come a time when they're going to shut this whole thing down and people are going to be scattering all over looking for the quick fix. And how do I do this? And, and here we are, you know, 11 years later and I'm going, wow, we're, we're at that point. <laughs> you know, like, wow. It, and, uh, the time it's has incredible. come. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel blessed that God woke me up all those years earlier to, to do this because, you know, now I'm ahead of the game and can lead people to, to their own salvation, if you will, you know, awesome. so. and you know, to kind of just summarize, you know, I think I heard you made the point in another show that, that, you know, we were, we were kind of brought into the public with the birth certificate and this process really is, is it's going into the private. Yeah, right. Totally. There's that. Yeah. There's that public private thing. Remember these governments and stuff, their laws only apply to public, public, everything, public mm -hmm. persons, mm -hmm. you know, public jurisdiction. They don't have any right over private property, but what they've got you gotten you to do is, uh, you know, register and give them interest in all of your property in various ways of voluntary agreements, and that's really what it is. They, without that, they've got no footing. Mm -hmm. So uh, you probably heard me talk about, or you might have heard me talk about the PMA. I got to get going here yeah. shortly, yes. but um, the PMA. There was a PMA in Nevada, and they didn't know anything. You know, they were by somebody that said, oh, you're a PMA now. Nobody, nobody can touch you. <laughs> but the, if, if there's somebody out there telling you that just do this and no one can touch you, run. Okay. Because okay. they can touch you for anything at any time. Okay. Anyone can sue you for anything at any time. It's how well you know to defend what you're doing. So when they came at this PMA, you know, somebody had asked me for help and they're like, what do we do? You know? And I looked at the letter that they sent them and I was like, look at this thing they're telling you they're asking you to volunteer to criminal criminalize yourself they're asking you to step into their public realm please call us and let us know the nature of your business <laughs> hell no are you out of your mind what are you talking about so i wrote a letter back saying not a problem i'd be glad to process your claim because you are making a claim that we're a school you are making a claim here that we're under public uh statute and everything so I gladly process your claim, but first I need you to clear a few things up because this letter doesn't make any sense to me. You have some ambiguities here. Ambiguity meaning, you know, there's a word here that looks like, you know, a person with common sense would understand what it means, but there's extrinsic evidence surrounding this that tells me there's another meaning. So in order for you to process your claim in law, you're going to need to clear this up. So I need you to clarify this, you know, um, please. Uh, well, first off, thank you very much for, uh, you know, taking care of the public safety, the public, right, italicized, 
public right. safety, health, and welfare. I appreciate your service. Bam, right off the bat, man. Just, you know, rubbing <laughs> them up, man, making them feel good. You guys are great. However, I'm going to need you to show me where you're, where you have public authority, where your public authority has uh, authority over my private or our private property. This organization is a private organization of men and women, men and women assembled for a common purpose. I just use the language that's in the First Amendment. We have a right to assembly. Okay, we have private assembly of people that for a common purpose. I just let them know what we are. We're a private association. I don't need to say anything else. Mm-hmm. Right. Then next thing, hey, I see that the state has a Dun and Bradstreet number here. Are you acting in your corporate capacity to do business with us? Because I don't have a contract. Can you please certify? That's a killer to ask these these government agencies. Please certify your response, meaning you have to swear under oath that what you're telling me is accurate. So please certify. Are you a Are you acting as a business or are you acting as the state? Next thing, you said in your letter that you keep uh, claiming that we're a school for us to process your claim, which we will gladly do. We don't have a problem. (laughs) Just clarify for us where your public law over public schools applies to our private property. I don't say school. Right. What I'm trying to get them to do is you have said that this is a school. Please provide evidence that this is a school by your definition. Certify that. But they can't do it. And every Whatever. time you send a letter back, they just. <laughs> yeah. So then, then, you know, like three days later and, and we give them up, please respond within three days or seven days or whatever we feel like giving them nothing less than three because mm-hmm. that's biblical law. Okay. So, you know, okay, give us, you know, send us a letter back. And man, they send that thing back on fire, boy. They send it back, you know, registered, certified. Hey, we're done. Everything's cool. You guys go about your business. Right? You got to know the language and the uh, what they're trying to do is use language to scare you into an agreement. Right. Mm-hmm. And it said right on this woman's letter, you know, like I said, please contact us and let us know the name nature of your business uh no (laughs) cps did the same thing we they attacked a friend of mine with her daughter oh we need you to come down to the police station on such and such a day to meet with sheriff so-and-so and and, you know cps uh this guy and that guy oh hey thank you guys i appreciate that but i won't be making it that day because i'm quite busy and this is a voluntary action that i don't believe i owe you any private information please certify in your law where I must give you my private information. Please certify where you have any authority over my God-given children born from my, out of my womb. Okay? <laughs> right. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, oh, have a nice day. We just need you to sign this release form. CPS, one of the worst things that we're dealing with because the immediate thing that people do when that CPS calls them is they get on the phone or they get scared. Well, you know, I was just, you know, my son, I take care of him and whatever their story is, it, you've already said too much. Right. You okay. don't owe these people any information. Wow. They do not get any information from you without a warrant. And if they're sending you something in the mail purporting to be a summons or something, that's not proper legal service. Proper legal service for a summons must be by service, uh, uh, service of process by a process server. 
and legal mail must be by certified or registered mail. If the IRS or somebody is sending you a document, the first thing you need to do is immediately rebut that and say, I'm sorry, is this legal mail? Because it's not certified or registered. And they're not allowed to send you anything without that. Okay, or okay. Null and void. <laughs> Over. End of conversation. Right. Okay, so there, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, because I know you're short on time, I just wanted to, to say thank you so much for meeting with us and tell us how we can support you or how our yes. audience can support you if they need more information. Where do they go? Look, House of Marcus, if you just become a member, I mean, that helps us keep going. It's $33 a month. It's like, you know, you can... Uh, you can cancel at any time. It's not, hey, sign up for six. You got to sign up for a six right. minimum. None of that. It's like, dude, you could pay 33 bucks, dip in, look at everything, go, ah, not for me, and dip out. The biggest thing that would help us is membership. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're going to be putting our videos up, you know, uh, doing a webinar every so often, keeping people informed with what we're doing and the steps that we're taking and putting, uh, you know, podcasts and interviews like this up so people can really start sinking into this. Awesome. Our library has what, like 67 uh, PDF books in it. Um, you know, we've got the community forum where people are gathering and talking and nobody's arguing with each other and calling each other stupid or you don't know what you're doing. Nobody's doing that. Awesome. The community forum is amazing. Um, so that's how people can support us. And yes, we do put some of our work product up there for an extra donation. But man, with what people are doing with this stuff, it's worth its weight in more than gold. Yeah. Like we have one guy discharge over. Yeah, we had a guy discharging over a million dollars in debt with, a, you know, maybe he donated about 400 bucks. I think that's a pretty good deal. That yeah. is a pretty good deal. Yeah, for sure. So that's how we could be supported is just passing the word around word of mouth through these podcasts and things like that and asking Amazing. people to become a private member under a private agreement that protects all of us, you know, so that's fantastic. That's about it. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Robert. We'll let you uh, jump off to the next thing and uh, hope to work with you again real quickly in the future. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And you guys can, uh, you know, definitely if you want to schedule another podcast, I think these are great. These are a way for me to spend time answering questions yeah. awesome. that everybody has on their mind. Yeah. And then we can put these on the website so people can take their time and, and weed through it. You That's know, awesome. and maybe what I'll start doing is having our, our, um, film crew, if you will, start timestamping everything, like go through it. And oh yeah. So they can go right to it in the, in the yes. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yes. So, thank so you I appreciate so you guys too for doing this. Thank you for Amazing. reaching out. It's huge. <laughs> Take care, thank you. Michael. We'll see you in August. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll see you in August, but we'll probably see you sooner. We'll do yeah. another one of these. Whenever you guys are ready, just say, Hey Rob, we got the time. Um, you know, as Let's long as my schedule's good. Yep, we'll we'll reach out in and we'll go from there. Sounds Amazing. good. Thank so, you. God bless you. <laughs> thank Bye. you guys. All right. Well, Fabi, what a great oh episode. Gosh. Wasn't that awesome? Yes. What a treat. I mean, that guy, you gotta, you gotta listen to that a few times yes. just to write that stuff study down. It. They got to become a member and go through all the material. I mean, it is so cheap. Yeah. What you get so cheap. And then if you, find out it's not for you then it's yeah yeah exactly and it so. and it isn't going to be for everybody right yes. um so it's you got to have a uh, your why you got to find your why mm -hmm. um and if that's you what we're claim your freedom yeah and that's what we're doing with this You're, uh podcast and trying to figure out uh uh you know if if this is the the path for us but uh we we just it's just so great meeting personalities like that yeah you know it's amazing all right so that's another one in the books 
Fabby, what do you want to tell everybody? Hey everybody, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay curious. <laughs>